All right, folks, uh, welcome back to another episode of the Boombasticast with Alexander Hawk and the one, the only, the myth, the man, the legend, Mr. Matthew Fisher. That is I. That is him. That is him. Me Latka. I'm Latka. <laughs> Latka Graves. How's it going over there? It's going okay. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. Not too shabby. You know what I mean? Yeah. Doing pretty good over there. It's been a busy week. Banging out a lot of podcasts and, and pod shows and pod people. You know what I mean? Doing a big. Yeah. Anybody out there looking to support right off the bat? Boombastic Streaming on Patreon. Anybody out there do the Patreon thing? Boombastic Streaming is the, the place to be, I hear. That's the spot. A lot, lot of cool tiers. You can start helping your boys out financially. They can eat dinner, McDonald's, uh, breakfast, lunch, and dinner meals for only $5 a month, folks. And if you live in luxurious, you got your stimulus in, you want to go heavy, uh, you can go all the way up to $20 perks. But we, we don't go any higher than that because we love our people too much. Yeah, and the thing is that we got different podcasts for different types of interest. We got uh, Behold the Pale podcast, which is all about conspiracy theories. We got Mostly Ghostly about the paranormal and the afterlife. We got Shock Treatment with Mel and Maddie, which is your horror movie extravaganza, horror community, everything horror-related Good one. Awesome podcast. Thanks, and, buddy. of course, the current one that you are listening to now, Boom Basicast, where we hit everything that's pop culture, TV, movies, entertainment industry, what's going on in the media. That is what we do here now. We are God's favorite over here. We are cho- God's chosen people. Yes, we're God's mean? chosen people, and the devil is just... That, come, that comes with some privileges. So without further ado, we're going to pop in today's episode before everybody tunes out. We only lost half the people. But today's episode, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, last year, last couple of years, we've been diving into the old Academy Awards. Um, and this year we weren't going to, we, this wasn't going to be any different than that. But me and the Hawkman realized that we don't even fucking understand or know what movies are even nominated. So uh, we wanted to briefly run through this, not too quick, not take up too much of the time before we get into the theme of the day. But we figure we should get, we should at least give mention to some of the big wigs. We like to throw our, throw our, it's like, it's our, uh, it's the Super Bowl of the movie world, if you will. So we like to throw in our picks for who we think will win. Right, Alex? Yeah. Heck yeah. Um, Well, I I was looking at the best picture uh, nominees and you have... The Father, uh, Judas and the Black Messiah, Mank, Minari, Nomadland, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, and The Trial of the Chicago Seven. Now, I only heard of one of those movies. Out of all those, I've only seen one, and that is The Trial of the Chicago Seven, which I, I think is a really good movie. Um... And I have heard of the Judas and the Black Messiah, and also, uh, let's see, Mank. Those are the only two that I've actually even heard of. And then, of course, you have a lot of others, which, I mean, I'm sure are very great movies done uh, very well. Uh, But, I mean, it's one of those things that 
especially now dealing with COVID last year, which we're still feeling the effects of. We're not out of the woods yet. That, you know, going to the, the theater or even picking up movies is, a, uh, is kind of now a luxury uh, that a lot of us don't have. And, and while some of these are on Netflix, you know, like I said, I mean, like Mank, I, I I heard a lot of uh, scathing reviews about it, about it being boring and not really good. A, per- a perfect, Mank, con- a perfect Mank, contender for an Academy Award winning film. Yeah, well, Mank is up for like, you know, five or six things. You know the, the plots to any of these movies? Could you spit, tell me any of these plots? Um, I think Mank is about... Either the director or the writer of Citizen Kane or something like that. Menk, you say? M-E-N-K? M-A-N-K. Menk, yeah. I think it's... Like I think he was, that, his name was... He was Hank and he was a man? Double-timing? I guess. Uh, okay, so we're watching Menk. We're watching Menk the Tank over here. 2021. Biographical film, 1930s Hollywood is reevaluated uh, re- through the eyes of a scathing social critic and alcoholic screenwriter Herman J. Mankiewicz as he races to finish the screenplay of Citizen Kane. Uh, All right, cool. Now, like with this, I give this some credit because it's got that Citizen Kane vibe. It's shot black and white. It looks really cool. I like the vibe of it. Now I'm in the game, folks. Now I'm paying attention to what's going on a little bit. Thanks, IMDb. Uh, give me free IMDb Pro. Uh, now, so Gary Oldman in the game. You know, it's kind of hard. Whenever he does a film, you're gonna see him at the Academy Awards. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I mean, Gary Oldman is one of those actors that always, you know, throws himself into a role and becomes the character. And it's hard not to, you know. Put him up there. I mean, Anthony Hopkins in the movie The Father is up. I mean, if Anthony Hopkins is in any movie. Well, let's talk about <laughs> Mank a little bit more because uh, David Fincher is the director of it. Yeah. Heavyweight director. That, I'm very interested in seeing that now. I mean, that that we just added a whole element like this Mank movie that I knew nothing about from the get-go, just that it was a terrible name for a movie that like – I don't, I don't know. I don't even, I'm still confused. The, um, I know it's his last name. I know it's his, his nickname. Uh, still, I think bad news. But David Fincher, great director, which makes me, makes me intrigued to actually see this. So this film right here, judging by what it is, I think that Mank um, is uh, in the running just by, just by looking at it, is in the running for probably, probably get a, so far, I'll say is probably get, is taking my pick so far. <laughs> Gary Oldman will probably get best supporting. I mean, best actor, best actor. Um, and who else we got? Amanda Seafried. She's been kicking it around for a long time. She she might get some supporting up in there. But yeah, Fincher will probably get a good nomination for director. Well, actually, we're gonna go all through this. But Mank looks interesting. I could see that being a film. That could win. Uh, what else we got on the in there? Uh, what for the best picture? Yeah. Well, like I said, I'm uh, Minari. I know is it's. Uh, I think it's it's about um, like uh, Japanese immigrants. What's uh, it called? Uh, Minari. Oh. 
I don't know much about that. I know it's based on the true story. Uh, Stephen Yoon is the lead in that. Uh, you know him as Glenn from Walking Dead. Dead yeah, he's also um, in um, um, that um, Joe Lynch movie. What's the Joe Lynch movie that just came out? It's a one-word one, I think. Uh, fuck. I can't think of it. Lose my mind. Anyways, Joe Lynch from, like, you know. Huh? I don't think I've seen that movie, Fuck. You're ridiculous. <laughs> that, fuck sounds like a movie you'd star in. Yeah. Fuck you animal, you fucking dirty, filthy animal. So yeah. Joe Lynch, he also has the podcast with Adam Green. He did, like, Everly and... Um, what did he do? Uh, like Wrong Turn Two, I believe was him, and he, he was part of Chillerama, um, Knights of Bad Astom, which I know that Hawk likes. I don't like. Uh, Joe Lynch doesn't like either, so I don't mind saying I don't like it. Um, but that director, uh, he worked with him on uh, Mayhem. That was the name of the film. Cool. All right, come back, back to. I just took like a ten-hour tour. It didn't matter. So Minority. Ten. Huh? But, uh, yeah, and I think Promising Young Woman, um, I think uh, the whole premise about that is you got a, a young woman who goes to bars pretending she's drunk, guys, you know, bring her home, and, of course, uh, playing on Take Advantage, and then she, you know, shows that she's not drunk and then shows them that what they're doing is wrong, something along those lines. Yeah. So that's what I was told. Um what was it called? Huh? What was that one called? Promising Young Woman. Promising Young That's That That has a promising chance right off the bat. Yeah. Um, but I don't well, know if we can... I don't know if we can quite beat the politics of minority yet. We'll figure it out, though. <laughs> it's got a good... Woman got good... The, the, the minority thing has like, some good politics going for it right now, and everybody knows that politics r- rule, rule the academy. There was this gigantic tragedy recently with the Asian community with a bunch of them getting killed, yeah. and it's horrible. But because I think that tip, that little thing in culture, like that really is, and I'm not saying they shouldn't be hooking them up for that reason, but I'm saying stuff like that does sway opinions, you know what I mean? So that's why I think that so far I think I'm going to have to give it to minority even over um, over the, the, this this one, you know what I mean? So, yeah. Promising young woman. You know, it looks cool, though. Yeah. Um, but for me, I, I'm I'm going with The Trial of Chicago 7 for the fact that, first of all, I've actually seen the movie. And secondly, I think it was really well done. You had great standout performances. Uh, Sasha Baron Cohen's in that, right? Yes, yes. And and I want to I bring up a thing with, uh, about Sasha, because he also is up for, I believe, Best Supporting Actor. For oh, his role in Chicago 7. And yeah, 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 yeah. one of the things I find I- I- interesting is that uh, out of every, out of the Chicago 7, he was the only one who was up nominated for any kind of uh, like uh, role. And, and the thing is, when Sasha Baron Cohen first came on the scene, uh, well, exploded on the scene with Borat, I have to admit, I had no interest. I thought arguably, Borat, arguably, Ali G burst him on the scene. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. okay. When when get I say high horse, get off your fucking high horse. Hey, hey, hey! Listen, listen. Yeah. There are those who knew him in Ali G, but majority of the people had no idea. 
Ali G was a was the breakout for him because it brought him from I don't know, I, I, was he British or something? It brought him from yeah, wherever yeah. he was. But but, but the thing, here. yeah, but here, yeah, yeah, but and the thing Morat, is that I mean, Morat well, I, Ali G world though, yeah, for sure. Yeah, but as I, I was trying to say, Bruno kind of set him back a little bit. Yeah. yeah, but as I was saying, well, Ali G might have been the first thing that, but Borat was the thing that cemented him in in pop culture. Okay, I agree. You have to admit on that. Bigger character. Maybe his biggest character of all time, yes. I mean, the thing is that, yeah, you might have heard of him as Ali G and all that. But if I walk down the street during the height of Ali G and ask 100 people, I promise you, less than 50% would have, you know, known who I was talking about. Yeah, but, I mean, if you it's like saying Mrs. Doubtfire blew up Robert Williams. He was already blown up before that, but if you would ask people about that movie, like like they they would know that movie. Well, yeah, they would know that movie, but I mean, I think it's safe to say it's that like wearing, was the movie. It's like wearing did. like if you wear a red shirt on a Tuesday, <laughs> it has absolutely nothing to do with what I'm saying. But anyway, it's getting, like like if Dave Mall was wearing one gray sock and one get, white sock. Don't listen to him. He, he's constantly, you know. He, he's Come on, guys. Listen, on don't listen to Don't listen to Daddy Hawk. Listen to Mama Mad. It's okay. <laughs> don't listen to Mama Mad. He has absolutely no idea what he's talking about. But I'm anyway, a promising young woman. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> anyway, getting to the point I was yeah. trying to say is that when he first came on and really, uh, uh, you know, made a big statement with Borat, I'm with I you. I really didn't you. like it. A lot of people did. I was really into it. And of course, Bruno. Again, I was not into it. I got that vibe. Yeah, I, yeah. Bruno was uh, fun. I, you, it's outrage. That's what's funny about the, the outrage. Well, yeah, but, but I mean, as as time progressed, and when you know he started doing his more serious films, yeah. that's when I started really to uh, like and respect him because you know um, he is such a great talent. Right. And and because of of watching his now uh, more recent stuff. And going back to like Borat and Bruno, I actually now you know respect and 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 uh, enjoy those movies better from from my experience watching him now. Seeing well, you as much as anybody because, should, yeah. Because looking at him and and listening to him and watching his interviews, he puts puts what I would say Borat and Bruno those kind of films. Yeah, you, you, the computer died a little bit. So me and the audience are going to take a little time to reflect and wait. Are you back? Get, get, shut up. The computer just froze up for like fucking three minutes. All right, go. All right. Oh, good. It's breaking yeah, up. Yeah. yeah, all right. Well, anyway, like I was saying that... Um, I really think he's a very talented actor, and I, yes. I think he definitely deserved an Oscar, if not for this, for anything he's, he's done, because he's that good. And I don't think a lot of people give him the respect that he deserves as an actor, as a performer. Um, and the thing is that in Trial of Chicago 7, he totally stole that entire movie. Every scene he's in, he's phenomenal. And there's a point where... You know, you cut from the uh, the trial and you go to him and he's kind of 
you know, almost doing a, a stand up, a, a stand up type of routine, talking to people about what's going on with, of course, his style, a little, you know, satirical humor. Yeah. And, and the thing is that it's, it just, just was really good. And I, I really think that, I mean, if I was, if I was, you know, SAG and voting for the Oscars, Anytime, I mean, I put Sasha Baron Cohen in the same category as Gary Oldman, in my uh, personal opinion, because both of them know how to disappear in a role. And to be even perfectly more honest, Sasha Baron Cohen, I believe, is even better than Gary Oldman, because doing stuff like Borat and Baron, uh, uh, Bruno is that you know he's becoming a character, but he's also working with people who have no idea that this is a script, this is a movie, and 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 I give him a lot of respect for that. Equally as good. I don't know if I'd call him better. Gary Oldman's done some legendary stuff that well, I don't know. I don't I, know what I, 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 or I could do. I, and I love I agree with you. Yeah, I agree Gary Oldman has done some legendary stuff, but I believe that Sasha Baron Cohen can even excel even more. I mean, the thing is that both of them are really great actors. I just think Cecil Baron Cohen can is, is, I mean, because of that level of being able to disappear in the character to a point where people just, you know, regular people on the street can't make the connection that he's Borat or he's, you know, Bruno. After this huge explosion of who he is on, on, on screen and all that. I mean, that, that goes to even a, a different level of becoming the character. Yeah. I mean, I mean the on, only way I can say, I mean, if, if you had Gary Oldman doing, like, one of his roles with people who have no idea he's Gary Oldman, he's doing a role and, and all that, then I would say, you know, they're definitely 100% on the same level, but I mean, that's why I, I have to say I think Sasha Baron Cohen is a lot levels higher than a lot of other actors. Well, you know, the, they never really give the comedic actors credit. They think comedy is really easy to do. As you know, you've done it before. It's very difficult to do. Just as difficult as dramatic acting, you know what I mean? Maybe well, even um, more difficult. Yeah, comedy is a lot more difficult because it's it's easier to – you know, get into yourself and think of, you know, these dramatic events pulling upon your life. But when your entire job is trying to elicit a response, comedy is all about eliciting the response of the people watching, making them laugh, making them feel good. That's harder when, you know, instead of being internalized, you're trying to, you know, bring out an emotion of someone else. Yeah, so I'm a gigantic Sasha Baron Cohen fan myself yeah. from the Ali G days on where I think super talent. Uh, he, I, uh, you know, he was originally going to play Freddie Mercury in the Queen biopic. And I was super excited when I heard that because I knew he would fucking murder that role. I know he would do because I know he can do very good. That's the thing. You know, he can do very good dramatic stuff. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, he, he's yet to. With you saying, you know, he can go on to do great things, I agree with that. I think that his best things have yet to be seen in the dramatic world, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, even the TV show he did for, I think, Showtime, where he, 
you know, got the makeup on and he messed around with those politicians. That show was great. That was, you know what I mean? I think he's a genius. He's one of the, one of the comedic geniuses of current time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Modern comedy, if you will, current comedy. But yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we have Sasha Baron Cohen coming on the show next week, actually, don't we? Isn't oh, awesome. Bucks? Cool. Cool. I didn't think his, uh, his uh, agent came back to us yet. Actually, that that's that's just that's Sasha Turnheim Cohen. Oh, in that case, uh, hang up the phone and call the police. <laughs> My apologies. I didn't mean to break your heart. Maybe, maybe, maybe they're related somehow. Maybe you can hook it up. I hope not. I hope not. That would be mean. Um, all's well. All's well that ends well. They say. Was there another film, or is it just those four? Well, no. Uh, no, there's five. It's usually a good handy. Two, good three, handy four, five, six, seven, eight. There's eight of them. Oh my God! What else we got on there? So so far we got Mank, we got Minority, and we got Promising Young Woman, and we got the Chicago Seven one. Am I missing any? Yeah, Sound of Metal. <laughs> Sound of Metal. Yeah. Now I'm I'm a little more familiar with that one. That's good because I had no idea about that until I uh, read the uh, the list synopsis. At least I know I've seen pictures for it throughout the year. Um, I know people are talking, talking about a big, the picture of the dude sitting behind the drum set, the guy that looks like fucking Topher, Topher Grace from that 70s show. There was like a picture of him behind a drum set. Um, you you're not looking at whiplash. <laughs> no, no whiplash. You're out of my, you're out of your mind. Um, anyways, a sound of metal, a heavy metal drummer's life is thrown into free fall when he begins to lose his hearing. You know what I mean? What? Um, what are you saying? Exacto Mundo. What? I can't hear you. Oh, okay. Okay. It's a weird thing. It's like, as a, you know, I thought about stuff like that too as a filmmaker. It's like, what if I ever just started going blind with old age or something or, or caught some something crazy that thought I didn't need to see anymore? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I already think I'm halfway there. But oh. Me. Oh. Well, you got the glasses. I can always get glasses. That's the next step is glasses. And then after that, you're already one step ahead of me into the deep end of uh, Doom. <laughs> You're stepping into the sound of metal with eyes closed. Um, you know, this is, it, it kind of looks like it's a, a, docu- a documentary, but is it a narrative, I think? I think it's a narrative film. Yeah. I, I believe it is a narrative film. I mean, like I said, uh, a lot of this I, I never heard until I started uh, looking at what was got nominated. Yeah. Riz Ahmed uh, plays Ruben. He's the star of it. Um, you know, from England. Uh, he looks like a dude that would be uh, up on the come up. He's done a lot of cool stuff. Look, like he's done a good array of mixture of characters. He's not one of those dudes that does the same thing every time out, which is nice. Uh, I think that this dude, somebody you'll, you'll hear his name a lot more in the future. And um, visually, like I said, I knew that that other movie I knew about strictly from just seeing that picture floating around and clicking on to see what the story was. Cause it looks like, that picture looks like it's a documentary on like some, you know, old heavy metal band or some old hardcore band, you know what I mean? From like the eighties or nineties, but uh, not quite that, you know what I mean? But I, we're going to get Frankie and Bagamo, our pal Frankie and Bagamo on the show again and do some type of deal. Cause I know that gentleman gets all these films and uh, I'd love to see a couple of these before the actual shindig. We got a couple, we got a couple more weeks before it goes down. What's the mid uh, early to mid April or something like that. I think it's near the end of April, actually. Yep. But, uh, 
So maybe well, we can catch yeah. some. But if we happen to catch some, when we when we talk about what we de- what we thought deserved, what we could uh, roll out with that. You know what I mean? So yeah, this, we got the sound of metal. What else we got on there? Okay, Nomadland. Okay. What's that? What you know? You know what that one's about? I have absolutely no idea. It's called Nomad Nomadland. You say? Yeah, Nomadland. Oh, that's about that's the uh, that that land where nobody gets mad. Oh, oh, that one. Okay, it's not America. It's a distant dystopian future where no one gets mad. It's the complete opposite of right now where everybody gets mad. You know what I mean? Well, in that case, and uh, that that sounds like heaven. This oh, looks like it's very foreign or foreign in the sense of so middle America that cars don't even travel to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, after losing everything in Great Recession, a woman embarks on a journey through the American West, living as a van-dwelling modern-day nomad. Um, this right here has, has uh, just from what I'm reading and looking at, has the, the, has the, the, the power, the oomph, to co- possibly take take best picture you know i think it's one of those and if francis mcdormand no uh no stranger to the academy awards you know it seems like every time she's in it she's getting she'll probably get best actress for this for this role um i wish we kind of seen these movies i can just as a, a person who's been watching movies for 30 plus years religiously i can pretty much just look at a poster the synopsis who's in it and give get, get an idea of what we're working with here um, and I feel like this is a, this is probably going to do pretty well. Uh, this might be this might be up there. You got any opinion on this one? Like I said, I don't know anything about this really. I mean, uh, it's I mean, you got Frances McDormand, which, like you said, is no uh, stranger to the Academy Awards, and also, I mean, it's uh, it sounds like a a powerful uh, piece about a, about a, uh, uh, it looks like it looks like it looks like the unofficial sequel to Three Billboards in uh, Missouri or whatever that movie was. Yeah, maybe maybe it is. It's like she's taking the drive, except she's now in a van, and uh, Sam Rockwell is no longer with her. Whoa, whoa, is that a van down by the river? That's too soon. You talking about Chris Farley's death? That's way too soon, homie. That's sad. I can go take a break after you say something like that. But yeah, this one I think this could be this could be big time. And Chloe Zhou, uh, director, uh, known for films like you know The Rider in 2017 and Songs My Brothers uh, Taught Me. Um, she also did The Eternals, which you might be down with. Marvel's The Eternals. I know you're a Marvel guy over there. Yeah, well, I mean, it's funny because I actually had a conversation with a friend of mine recently. And uh, while well, I am a comic book fan, love Marvel, uh, I do enjoy DC, but Marvel's always been my favorite. But with all the superhero movies and everything, you know, it's I'm just kind of... I guess marveled or comic booked out, and and especially now since like all of them are going to be going on Disney Plus, and I I don't know about anyone else, but I'm not going to like buy like twenty different streaming channels so I can watch everything. Yeah, I hear you. So I mean, so I mean that's another thing. I'm going to probably miss out on a lot of films that either go up for awards and all that for the simple fact that I'm not going to have. 
all these different string uh, things. And then you hear that a lot of uh, people are just going to put them on streaming and not even do DVDs, which I mean, in my case, I mean, if it makes it to DVD and I can pick it up, then I'll, I'll watch it. But I'm not going to you know, sign up for like 20 different streaming services. Yeah, all those people get that stuff for free anyways, probably. That's why they don't mind doing it. They're plugged in. I have yet to find out how I can get myself, get me on these uh, for free. You don't don't have the Boombastic codes? No, I don't have the Boombastic codes. Boombastic codes get you everything. It's like Battleship. You punch in the codes. and And you can get those now if you sign up for Patreon. There you go. One number, one one number a month is released. But you got to be there to catch all the numbers in order. Yeah, and the thing is, the numbers aren't in the exact order. You have to figure out which order they're in. That's Boombastic streaming, Boombastic with two O's. So, what other films do they have? Uh, we got some, we got one or two more. You said. Uh, let's see. Uh, uh, Judas and the Black Messiah. Did we talk about that? Not yet. Uh, I remember hearing something about it, but I haven't actually watched it. Uh, it's done by, I think, I think it's done by uh, Lee Daniels, the guy who uh, did uh, The Butler, I think. Yeah. I might be wrong, but I, I think it is. And did I'm he sure do The I, 12 Years a Slave, or was that somebody else as well? I don't, I don't remember. I mean, who, who uh, Judas yeah. and the Black Messiah is directed by Ashaka King. Okay, my bad. He, but the other dude might have, uh, Lee Daniels might have uh, produced it. Uh, because uh, I know I heard Lee Daniels was involved with a film in, I mean, maybe it was in The Judas and the Black Messiah. I thought it was. Uh, this one's Bill O'Neill infiltrates the Black Panther Party per FBI agent uh, Mitchell and J. Edgar Hoover as party chairman Fred Hampton ascends. Falling for a fellow revolutionary en route, a battle wages for O'Neill's soul. So I guess it's a dude infiltrates the the, uh, the system, and he's you know he's starting to. What I'm gathering is it's a uh, you know a, a black gentleman joins the Black Panther Party as an infiltrator for the government, and once he's inside, he realizes he was fighting for the wrong team the whole time. That's my take on what that is, which is kind of a cool development. I can support that. Um, which is uh, didn't, wasn't wasn't Black Klansman like the same thing? No, no. Well, kind of. Well, Black Klansman. Respect I mean, to Spike Lee doing it first as always. Yeah, respect always. Uh, respect always to Spike Lee. Unfortunately, that's another movie I haven't seen yet. But well, uh, you're a racist. Oh fuck! I'm it. joking. I'm joking. But then, yeah, this Judas and the Black Messiah. The, the, the plot of it sounds very much like that Black. Black Klansman movie. Yeah. So, yeah. Black Klansman, though. This is Black Klansman. Yeah. It does, though, doesn't it? Yeah, was it, it was does. It Black Klansman. It was a dude went into the KKK, infiltrated the KKK from the FBI or something like yeah. that. Well, the thing is, again, like I said, I haven't seen the movie, so I can't yeah. 100% say this, but I think you had a black man who was uh, in the FBI who pretended to be a white man on the phone, and I think okay. the driver actually went in as the undercover uh, undercover uh, infiltrator, I think. So these guys only seen half a black Klansman. That's what you're saying. 
<laughs> Again, right, I don't know. Enough, I mean, enough. the thing is that I'm sure that someone's going to, you know, get us for not not seeing this and, and talking out of our ass. But um, yeah, I haven't I haven't gotten around to seeing it. I mean, it's got Lakeith Stanfield in it though, which I really appreciate. I like that actor. Yeah. He's a good dude. I like him. Yeah, he's in that "Sorry to Bother You" movie. I was talking about that with somebody the other day, um, and uh, "Knives Out." That's one of your favorite flicks, I think. Yeah, "Knives Out" is a good film. I like it. Just trying to see, there was. Uh, I thought he was in. I thought he was in the new "Coming to America" movie. I thought he was played the son in "Coming to America," but I, I guess I was wrong. Uncut Gems. Yeah, he's in that. He plays the dude who brings the brings Kevin Garnett to him to get. Oh, yeah. uh, Uncut Gems is a classic. Oh, yeah. I like that movie. Uh, Sandler got snubbed on that one. No, that whole film got snubbed fucking at the Academy Awards that year. So uh, what else we got up on the mix after that? Uh, the Father. I know that Anthony Hopkins is in it, but that's all I know. The Father. I wonder if that's uh, a priest thing. I almost feel like they try and be witty and do a, pri- a take on a priest thing. Let me see. Um, no, this looks awful just from the poster, though. This isn't going to win. It's one of those movies that's like we have to give it nominated because Anthony Hopkins is in it. And, you know, it's got it's artistically uh, <laughs> dramatic. A, a, a man refuses all assistance from his daughter as he ages, as he tries to make sense of his changing circumstance. He begins he, uh, to doubt his loved ones, his own mind, and even the fabric of his reality. Uh, t- spoiler alert, he, he shoots himself with a 12-gauge shotgun in the backyard at the end of this movie. <laughs> wait, wait, uh, then that would, what, turn it into, like, a, a, a horror film? <laughs> Anthony Hopkins, that was the only reason why Anthony Hopkins would do the film if he could do a big suicide ending to this. You ever see About Schmidt with Jack Nicholson? I know about it, I haven't seen the movie. It stars Jack Nicholson and Kathy Bates' Big Body. Uh, in a hot tub scene. Those are the two stars of the film. About Schmidt's a weird movie because they actually, and I, we love Kathy Bates at the Boom Basta cast. Uh, oh, Morris Claiborne for, for, for life. Um, but, uh, we'll, we'll, uh, oh yeah, they, 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 they market that movie as a comedy, but that movie is like the fucking darkest movie of all time. I remember that, like that standing out being like, oh, it's going to be a dark comedy. It's not even a dark comedy. It's just like a grim, weird fucking weird movie but yeah the father i don't the father i don't think it's got enough things going for it i'd have to see it but the plot seems like something that isn't really that i can see how they're trying to pull emotion out of it maybe there's a really good script there but it just kind of seems like a blah something that looks good on paper but there's probably no emotion to it but that's just the vibe i get it's almost like hey guys let's make a movie about a guy getting old that doesn't want help and they're like That'll win an Academy Award, and that's like the last their brain worked on it. Yeah, as creative as it got, but I could be wrong. It could be really great. It's got eight point one stars on uh, the IMDb meter. That means all the people that appear in the film went and went and gave it a good like, like an independent film. You know what I mean? (laughs) Uh, The father, I don't think will much like a lot of people's fathers. I don't think the father will show up. (laughs) <laughs> I don't think it will be uh, I don't think this one will take it I think this is one of the ones that uh, won't go over that big so far the father seems like the most least likely to win anything except maybe 
Not, I don't think they'll even give it to Anthony for fucking for best actor. I don't think Tony. I think Tony's kind of he's a great actor, but I think he's one of those dudes that probably should have bowed out and said, you know, it's I've I've done really great stuff. It's time to, you know, who am I to say it's time to retire? But I, you know, Gene Hackman retired, Nicholson retired. I feel like it's time Anthony, Anthony Hopkins has accomplished enough and made enough great work out there that he can he can say, I think I'm just gonna. Spend the rest. Well, of the I, I, I mean, I mean, the thing is that uh, so many people. I mean, I'm not saying all, but uh, there's been a correlation with cer- certain people with certain mindset that constantly, you know, like and love working. That as soon as they retire, they die shortly after, like a few months. I mean, maybe Anthony Hopkins just feels that if he ever slows down or stops, then you know that's the end. Yeah, but you don't get... Well, I mean, for perfect example, if I ever get to a a place where, you know, I'm, you know, making movies and and, and as successful or as as good as Anthony Hopkins, I know that I could be 90 years old and I'd still try to keep on filming because, you know, I love it and it's a passion. It's probably the same thing with, with Anthony Hopkins where, you know, he just loves acting that, you know, he just... Keeps on doing it. I guess so. I mean, to go to the dying thing, I understand that, but he doesn't, he can quit out. He could like retire from acting and get a hobby. He could, he could travel the earth and, 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 you know, do whatever. He could write books. He could do whatever. There's a lot of things he could do. That's true. That's true. But I mean, there are those that, you know, without, I guess, the monotonous of constantly working. uh, I bet that, that acting lifestyle is probably not that good for you as you get older, too. Realistically, well, I mean, heck, look at Ed Asner, okay? Ed Asner, okay. I don't know how old he is, but heck, uh, I saw that he was in like a movie recently. That he's 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 exactly doing a lot of independent films right now. That you know, and and he's constantly you know working and keep on going, which I give him a lot of credit for. I mean, at 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 that age, you can you know kick back and take it easy, but you know, still want to keep on walking, keep on getting out there. I commend them for it. Well, with Eddie can kind with with Eddie can kind of pick and choose. You know what I mean? If he wants to do a project, he can just do it and then not do another one. With Anthony Hopkins, is kind of tied into the machine a little bit, where he's been in it so long that he almost knows that if he step like. I, I'm probably fi- fixing myself of what I said earlier, but this is probably why it's not it. He spent his entire career getting him to a point where, like we just said, every time he does a movie, he's nominated. Why would he step away from that? You know what I mean? He has something that everybody wants. Now, if he was to start doing films that were maybe direct to video or something and not getting the love, then probably he'd probably step away. But no, nah, I, 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 uh, I answered myself in a way with that. Yeah, he just, you know, he's still. He's still an actor that every film, it seems like he does. Every year, it seems like he's nominated. And if that's the case, why leave? I'm with him on that. Yeah. Plus, also, the fact is that, I mean, he's always going to be a sought-after commodity. I mean, directors will – I mean, for example, if this uh, script for Father isn't that good, just the fact having Anthony Hopkins in it – the script could be dog shit and people still going to go watch it like just for the fact that Anthony I think, Hopkins is in it. 
I think this one is without watching it. I probably shouldn't speak without watching, but I get a weird, weird vibe where like the, the you know the, the plot. A lot of these films, you'll notice the plot is supposed to carry them to through the award ceremony, you know, to carry them through the finish line of the awards. Just the plot alone, and then they, they you know the, the story within is weak, and the dialogue don't work, or fucking you know what I mean. There's all there's something off that doesn't quite work because someone was out of touch somewhere in the in the process. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, I don't know how the father will do well, but I'm with you. You love doing it. If I could do, you know, if I could, if I, if I had budgets in place and I, and every movie wasn't a struggle, I would make movies until the day that I took to the moment I took my last breath. You know what I mean? And that's yeah. where they're at. They're at a place where, you know, Anthony Hopkins knows that his follow-up film of the father, uh, isn't going to be, you know, isn't gonna is gonna be above the above the above the level of filmmaking uh, f- financially that we're making. You know what I mean? So he knows that it's a good life, dude. The 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 big Hollywood sets like that's the good life. He probably that you know he probably it looks like he sit, sits in a chair this entire movie, <laughs> and um, that's probably it. You know, he, he's he, he's in his trailer. He probably gets ushered around. I don't know. I don't want to speak. I don't want to speak uh, directly of people badly because I like Anthony Hopkins and I don't want to say that, that he gets, you know, they fucking helicopter him from his, from his, to set to his, to his trailer. You know what I mean? And he's getting to an age where they probably should. Cause you don't want him to, you know, break your hip on the way to the set. You don't want anything to happen to him. He's a, he's a treasure. Um, but yeah, I don't know. How, I don't know. I don't know about that. I don't know. I don't think the father's going to quite do it. We got another one on that list? Uh, let's see. I think we uh, – okay. We talked uh, – I mentioned Promising Young Woman. Did we talk about that? Um, we didn't get too deep into the plot, but we did talk about it. Yeah. If if I think if, – if this is the movie, I think it is. I think the whole plot is you have a young woman who, you know – I know this is supposed to be a twist at the end, but like I said, I haven't seen the movie, so I can't can't go any uh, deeper in that. But I'll give it. A promising woman is a young woman traumatized by a tragic event in her past seeks out vengeance against those who crossed her path. This is weird that this is Academy. This sounds almost like a movie that wouldn't be. This is very exploitation-y yeah. sounding. Yeah, but but the thing is, from the trailer, the thing is, uh, she does retribution, but she doesn't like you know, hurt them or kill them or any anything like that. Uh, uh, what uh, from what I've seen in the trailer is, for example, um, the actor who played McLovin in Superbad is yeah. one of the guys that picks her up, and she pretends he's drunk and all that, and of course he tries to be the nice guy, but then. You know, he's like, huh, oh, maybe I, I could get a little something. And then he's about to move in and then she, you know, wakes up and she pretty much, uh, from what I've seen in the trailer, lectures him and the other guys about pretty much what scumbags they are to, you know, they claim to be nice guys, but as soon as, you know, the girl is inebriated or there's a chance that they can, you know, sneak in, uh, get a good time without her consent, then, you know, Shows them to be the real, you know, douchebags, and that's you know, the motive of the film. Are. So that's mm-hmm. kind of the motive of the film. That that's how I I read I, it. I Pretty much it. showing that you know all guys are scumbags. 
I mean, well, that's the impression I got. That's why I wasn't interested in watching the movie. Right. Because, I mean, well, you can't. Guys can't really relate to that. I mean, I know they. I know, like, did a female audience hates to hear that, but a guy can't. Certain ones can, but I mean, the, the majority of guys don't want to sit down to watch something just saying the guys suck. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not kind I of. Mean, the thing is that yes, there are guys that do that. And there are right. guys that that suck and deserve to be called out. I and mean, I mean, like I said, I haven't seen the movie. Maybe there's an a kind of. Uh, the same, uh, the same way, yeah. The same, the same way a girl wants to listen to a guy cry about how some girl broke his heart is the same way we feel. You know what I mean? It's like we don't like we don't like these dudes to treat you this way either. It's like why we don't want to be reminded that they're out there. We don't want to be reminded that we we are looked at as bad. We look looked at badly because these other people out there exist. Yeah. It's kind of like the fucking cop thing, bro. You got all you got good cops and bad cops and all the bad cops. Fucking ruin it for all the good cops, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean the thing is that, I and mean, like I said, I mean without uh, watching it and go uh, further into it, yeah, it just yeah, it just feels like you know very you know one sided. And the thing is, well, yeah, it's it's an important topic that should be uh, tackled and talked about. And it's definitely, I mean, for me, I believe that a best picture uh, film should not only be a, a important and, and well done uh, masterpiece of cinema, of storytelling and all of that. Also, one that, you know, tackles both sides of an issue well, or, I, yeah. or something that you can, you know, actually watch more than once. I mean, the impression I get from this, it sounds like a movie you watch once, you're like, yep, they have, I mean, it kind of reminds me of, I already, well, we're going to cut this a little short because I just looked into it and she's my favorite type of filmmaker, a filmmaker that made her first film, a short film in 2018. And in 2020, her first feature film is nominated for Best Acad best Film at Academy Award. So we're going to stop talking about this person right now and move into the next film. We're going to move on right into the next film because filmmakers like that, they get that boost, miraculously somehow get that weird boost of coming out of nowhere and being on top of the world. Those filmmakers always rub me the wrong way for some reason. We're gonna we're gonna mosey on into the next next Academy, you know, Academy Awards, you know, you know, uh, an award that if you were if you were too young or just made a film recently, you know, we're we're only at you. I remember the Academy Award. I'm getting worked up now. I remember, and I don't even care about. Hold the on, Academy. hold on. I'm actually holding him fuck, back. Shut the fuck Where's up. Fuck, shut the fuck up. He's full. He's full. I remember at the mouth. I remember Academy Awards where if you were nom if it was your first nomination, they wouldn't let you win just because you need to be nominated more than once. Nowadays, it's like you just need to make a short film and that's all it takes. It's weird. And, you know, I don't got no hate. You know, if she's do she's obviously doing something right. The circumstances, you know, worked in her favor. God bless her. More power to her. Um, it's just unfortunate. When you see, I guess I can't even use the word unfortunate. I can only use that as from my point of view as a filmmaker who's been, I guess, making films that are unsuccessful and uh, unloved by the Academy for many moons. That it just things like that always uh, stick in my heart a little bit, just a little bit. 
Actually, Matt, Matt, Matt <laughs> yeah. since you brought that up, that, that leads us to our next uh, uh, more impo- uh, 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 important uh, issue that we did want to discuss on this episode. You know what that is? What's that? That it is historically uh, seen that the Academy Awards, the Oscars, have been very unkind to those in, how should I say, uh, from horror roots and uh, uh, horror uh, genres uh, throughout. Was that, was that the last of the films? Oh, uh, yeah. All right, cool. Yeah, no, that, that, yeah, that's cool. You know, yeah, the Academy Awards, has, it's funny. You take a movie like Silence of the Lambs that got, that won an Academy Award, but they, which is very, it's movies about a serial killer, which is a horror theme, of course, that, you know. Yeah. But, it's more stylized crime thriller type deal. So it's allowed to win. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, one of the things that I find funny, which a lot of people, which it's obviously seen here, which a lot of people have brought up, which I'm totally for, which is everyone saying that, you know, they want to see more uh, uh, films with, Women in power, directed by women, you know, and 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 promoting, you know, uh, equality and 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 women rights and all that, which is great. But the thing I always find funny is that everyone asks, like, "Oh, this is a new thing. This is, you know, women haven't really had, you know, a a a, a good uh, a shake when it comes to the industry." Well, that is true, especially main Hollywood industry. But if you want to go and actually look at, you know, strong women in in film, I mean, yeah. horror movies is where, where to go. I mean, it's like a majority of of the films and stuff coming out is all about, you know, the woman who has been traumatized, you know, standing up and getting one over on the evil evil character and you know which i mean is one of those things i always find amazing that while they uh, while the academy awards have no problem dismissing horror and all that now they're trying to do all these films with you know female leads and heroes and all that and acting like oh we just decided to you know um to uh, to you know bring them in and and, and uh, we're doing a great thing here. It's like no no uh, you're pretty much stepping on the coattails of what horror has been doing for uh, for generations. I mean it. I mean that's what blows my mind. I mean they make a big deal about you know Brie Larson being you know the uh, main big you know superhero Captain Marvel female-led, you know, big motion blockbuster film, which is true. But if you want to go back, is that look at Sigourney Weaver as Ripley in Aliens. She's the first. Okay? I mean, is is there another uh, woman that I would consider a a typical superhero character other than (laughs) Ripley? I, I don't think I don't think so. I mean, it's it's. I mean, that's what always always gets me is that mainstream media, mainstream Hollywood is making a big deal about you know 
being diverse and, and equal opportunity now, but not saying that horror doesn't have its issues, that it doesn't, you know, have its own kind of dark history when it comes to being diverse and all that. Well, they're only, they're really only diverse when it pushes their agenda, the same way the kind of the Me Too movement doesn't really do anything to support the fact that a bunch of kids are molested as well. They care more, you know what I mean? Everybody kind of sticks to their own group type deal, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, the thing is... But as far as horror goes, it's been the bastard, redheaded stepchild for for forever. Horror was considered pretty much pornography for the longest time. The only reason why... <clears throat> the only reason why I got any respect at all is because it's known to make money. You know what I mean? Because that's what speaks, you know, it has no respect for it except for the fact that it makes money. You know what I mean? It's like a, a workhorse for it, for, for, for the system, but they'll never, yeah, there's never no, there's never no, uh, horror doesn't get the respect. No. And, and another thing is that those who start, start out in horror, a yeah. lot of times they don't get respect. For how, how good of stuff that they've done. I mean, it's, I mean, unless you end up being in like a horror movie that ends up being a huge franchise. Yeah. Okay, like Net- Nightmare on Elm Street, Halloween, um, uh, Friday the 13th, you know, you, I mean, you got uh, Friday the 13th, you had uh, Kevin Bacon, you got Johnny Depp in. Nightmare on Elm Street, you got Jamie Lee Curtis in Halloween. You know, they have gone up and done big major stuff. But if you got, you know, you got like Robert Englin, you got Tony Todd, you got uh, Kane Harder, you got, you know, so many great actors that, you know, you know, keep on, you know, uh, doing the grindstone. No, I think that I don't, don't think get the same respect that they deserve. I think it's because those people are known for those films. So when they say, oh, Robert Englund, he's Freddy Krueger, they go, oh, he's the star of, of Nightmare on Elm Street. He's known for it, where these other people aren't known for it, so they still have something else to get known for. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, I mean, it's it's a double-edged sword. It I is. Mean, it's, I mean, you know, so when you have, like, someone who's just a write-off uh, victim, like Johnny Depp, you know, who ends up getting known for something else, it's okay. But you got Robert Englund, who's the star of, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street. You know, he doesn't get the same push or, or respect that, you know, he definitely deserves. I mean, it's, I mean, that that's always drives me crazy because it's, yeah, it's almost it, like the, the film blows up and it pulls people in with it because it's so big that it pulls in the biggest personalities where, you know, the Freddy Krueger is the biggest personality in the film. So it sucks Rob Ringland into the Nightmare on Elm Street, vo- you know, void, if you will, uh, or the dream. And um, people because what happens is Johnny Depp was in it, but he didn't blow up from it. But, you know, it'd be like, oh, oh, he's on an audition. Oh, that was a guy that was in Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, we want to cast him. And then he does that, and then he does the other thing, and then eventually he'll catch a big break and he blows up. So, like, that's what the thing, I think it's just Robert England became so big and known for that character that that was his blow up. Like, you know, they were were all still looking for their blow up. He found his blow up with with Freddy Krueger, you know what I mean? Yeah. And and, and it's, it's, like I said, I mean, it's uh, and then, of course, it's funny because you then have... Uh, I don't know anything about this movie, but there's a movie called Grizzly. I don't know if you heard about it. That just 
just dropped that I think had George Clooney and Brad Pitt when they were like teenagers or something in it. And, you know, got lost for like many years and then suddenly got a release. And, and, and it's, it's funny because you sit back and look, a lot of people who are big now, I mean, it started and, and worked on horror, but horror still is, horror is like the come up for so many actors and stars, but yet the genre itself is, is like you said, treated like the redheaded stepchild. So Brad Pitt was in Cutting Class as a youngster. You know, George yeah. Clooney was in uh, Killer Tomatoes 2. You know what yeah. I mean? It's funny, you know, Jennifer Aniston, Leprechaun. You know what I mean? It's funny. You can go back and a lot of people have those ties to those are those those big, you know, those known horror films because there were just so many of them being made. And it was just one of, when they were casting, it was like, okay, we just need the best actor we could find. So when they find or like the best look, it might've just been the look at the time. And um, that's how it is. And if they have the perfect look or they're a talented actor, both, you know, they just get used a lot. And the more you're seen, the bigger you become and the more you're sought after type deal, you know, it's the machine of it, you know, but I think that the fact that the Robert England catching that Freddy Krueger role and that Freddy Krueger role being so huge is what kind of, you know, typecasted him a little bit. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's funny because it, it's every I, time. I mean, another, uh, hmm? you figure every you figure from a uh, <clears throat> from a film per, filmmaker standpoint at that time. Nowadays, you want them for this reason, but back in the day, it might not have been the same deal. But when you think it'd be like, okay, we're going to cast Robert England, <clears throat> they automatically think of Nightmare on Elm Street, so the audiences think of another movie. As soon as they hear Robert England, they're thinking of another movie. You know what I mean? That could be an issue too. Yeah. Nowadays, yeah. you 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 hire him because you want people to think of Nightmare on Elm Street and your film co- yeah. coinciding together. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, then you have a movie like Hereditary, which is a great movie, masterpiece. Should have won an Academy Award, but you know, is is looked down on because you know it's a horror movie, and it's like you know, it's. I mean, the genre of the film should never be the reason you you decide whether it deserves an award or not. I believe that, I mean, of course, this will never happen because the Academy Awards, Golden Globes, all that is political. I mean, yeah. I, I the best movie that wins usually isn't the best movie. It's It's the one that, you know, they believe encompasses what they want to push that i think every it's more of a statement it's like what what kind of statement do we want to make with this year i think it's more of one of those things and you know i don't get super i know i got crazy about that 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 film you know that promising young woman thing it's not that big of a deal you know what i mean it's but you know that stuff is kind of i always do that catches my eye you know what i mean when i see that stuff but yeah the academy awards it's a big popularity contest you know what i mean and who they who they pick to win is really kind of like just a statement of that year of like what do we want what do we want to say uh, to society and to history for that year. What do we want to say we want to give props to? What yeah. film and what, you know, story and, and movement, if you will, around the film do we really want to push and kind of, you know, give a nod to that year? That's kind of what the Academy Awards has become. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which, but, yeah, I mean, it's... You no, know, it is where it is. But yeah. some people have climbed up out of horror. You know, Peter Jackson, Sam Raimi, of course. These are all people. But, but, that, but the directors. 
That's the thing. They're directors. Directors can crawl out of horror, but yeah. actors rarely do. Honestly, look into it. I mean, the thing is, um, what I found is with wait, wait, directors, wait, George Clooney, Jennifer Anderson, and all these people that climbed out of horror and. No, because they weren't known for horror. Well, like because I said, were, I, I think I haven't said that to begin with, but even though they're not known, they're still on the re- on the resumes. And ca- when it comes to casting and getting bigger yeah, things, we're linking yeah, up. But I mean, it's it's yeah. if you look into into the thing, is that when they start making it 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 big, they weren't really connected to that franchise, right? Okay. I mean, the thing is that um, uh, 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 the guy who played the leprechaun, I'm sorry, I'm blocking Warwick out. Davis. Warwick Davis, okay. Now, I mean, perfect example is that, you know, he's he's got, but I mean, honestly, I didn't even remember Jennifer Anderson was in the leprechaun until years later because, well, I mean, she was just a faceless girl in that film, really. I mean, while she was the lead... What are you talking about? What what I mean is that, you know, while she was the lead in that, she just didn't really stand out. It wasn't that memorable. I mean, in Leprechaun. I mean, nothing against Jennifer Aniston, but, I mean, the movie itself, I remember the Leprechaun. I, I, I rarely remember anyone else in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's one of the things that, you know, it, same thing with, you know, like Kevin Bacon in, in, in Friday, uh, Friday the 13th. I mean, I didn't make the connection that it was Kevin Bacon till later because, I mean, you watch Friday the 13th, can you tell me one line Kevin Bacon said in the movie? Yeah. All right, what? Ah, you stabbed yeah. in the neck through the mattress. You remember his death, but what? you don't remember him. That that's what I'm saying. It's like the same thing with like, you know, Brad Pitt or George Clooney or any of those actors that had become big stars that actually had smaller roles in horror films for the most part, you don't remember them because of the horror movie. I mean, they're in it and you might remember their deaths. Right. You always remember their deaths, but you don't remember them or their characters because their characters aren't that memorable. Yeah, they're supposed to be, you know, every every teenager in the world. Yeah, so that's why they're able to get out of that. But if you play a memorable character in a horror movie, okay, you're kind of stuck in the horror movie genre. Didn't we, talk, didn't we already address this like 20 minutes ago? It's because the people get... Typecaster. Well, the thing is that the, the, the role is bigger than them. They turn. They but they become. The yeah, but, nobody can see them in anything else. Yeah, but but I mean, the thing is that if you're an actor that yeah. ends up starting out that is in a horror movie, if you play such a you know just run of the mill uh, character, you're not going to be remembered for that role, so you can get out of it. The problem is that when you get remembered. Uh, for the role, whether it's uh, uh, Freddy Krueger, whether it's the um, uh, 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 woman who played Nancy. I mean, the thing is that 
those are memorable characters in there, and because of that, they don't seem to, you know, you know, expound upon that, you know, get out of that. What about, like, a Brad Dourif, like a Jeffrey Combs? Well, the thing is, with those, they are, you know, but the thing is that they... They never got to, you know, they're still in the same category. They're character actors. That's why, I mean, for example, same thing with Robert Englund, Tony Todd. They're character actors. They, you can see them in other stuff, but they'll never get to, like, Oscar Academy Award positions. That's what I'm trying to say. They could with, they could with supporting. They'll probably never get, you know, you leading know. man Academy Award nominations, but they'd get supporting for sure. Okay, uh, they deserve them, and they should win. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then tell me one uh, Academy Award supporting role for an actor that that literally was a big thing in horror that came out of horror that uh, got an Academy Award for supporting a role. That would be Alexander Hawk in the cock that wouldn't suck itself. You know what I mean? Okay. Um, no, I hear you, but there, there's breakthroughs. Well, I mean, there, there's always going to be one or two breakthroughs. I'm just saying historically. You could almost, yeah, no, but realistically, like we're doing, you could go back and look at all the horror movies and name people that blew up later. And I do think that them being a part of that earlier film that is big, but didn't blow them up at the time, I do think that that big film benefited them because people would go, oh, shit. You know, you know people on the same level, of a higher budget indie that was making a movie that would maybe become another classic would say, Oh shit, they were a nightmare in Elm street. People love that movie. You know what I mean? I want to get them, you know? Um, I think there's that element too. So I think, yeah, it didn't blow them up huge on the scene, but I think it was still beneficial to them. And I, you know, in certain situations, maybe without those movies, they might not have gotten to where they were. They're all, they're all step like Alexander Hawk uses Matthew Fisher, the stepping stone in film. They're all stepping stones to the big picture, to the big party, the big punch bowl, spiked, you know, not your, not your dad's root beer with rum and Coke syrup. You know what I mean? Doing a big, much yeah. love. Much well, love. either way, I mean, that's how I see it. Maybe I'm totally wrong. Maybe I'm blowing smoke up my own ass, but no, you're right. I mean, you're definitely with that. There's I definitely mean, that's, that's how I feel from, I mean, I mean, things like, you know, like you said, Jeffrey Combs, Brad Dorf, Two uh, two examples of great actors yeah. that I don't think get the respect that they deserve. Yeah, there's a lot of actors that are great they'll never get. I mean, I mean, I agree with you. Yeah, in the horror world, of course, but every the whole the whole thing of film, all genres, there's that great actors that'll never get Academy Awards. We yeah, Sasha well, Baron Cohen to go in earlier, who's a comedic actor, which I do think eventually they will give him an Academy Award, but he's going to have to work super harder than other people to break the image of the comedy thing, even though we, he's doing it now. Um, but I think he'll eventually get one. Um, but yeah, but typically I think it's very hard to break. The, it, it used to be super hard, but now, you know, now we live in an age where you just got to direct the short, you know, short film and then your next feature, your first feature films, best picture at the Academy Awards. You know what I mean? So that's the world we live in now. So, I mean, anything's kind of possible. Uh, the, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll talk to, uh, you know, my brother's cousin's former roommate, uh, Francis Ford Coppola, and, and we'll get this all set up. I wouldn't be surprised if one day we seen a full-blown horror movie win an Academy Award. I want to see that, okay? I I mean, the politics behind it will be weird, 
and it'll take it'll take a smorgasbord of all different type of politics working together to get that to happen. But it's I, possible. I know. I know how it's going to happen. What you have to do is you got to do a horror movie. Okay, first of all, uh, directed by. Don't Spike say anything Lee. that's going to get you taken out of people's films. I'll say that real quick. What? Don't say anything that could hurt yourself in the future. I'm just saying that you know. To, to, I would love to see a horror movie directed by Spike Lee. Spike Lee directed, um, what did he do? He directed a horror movie, like a semi-horror movie. He did? He directed a vampire movie. Not Vampire in Brooklyn. That was Wes Craven. But he directed, I want to say he directed a a vampire movie. Uh, Like in the last 10 years. Uh, must have slipped on by me. Like, yeah. so, or like, he did something that was horror. I want to say you could. It was even on Kickstarter where you could have funded it. You could have helped fund it. Uh, but yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, uh, I'd have to think more about it. I'd have to think. He's got a big catalog. I'd have to work through it. But I, he, I want to say he's done. He's had his hand in some horror. Maybe he just produced it, but uh, and he was. I don't think he produced. I don't think. I don't think he had his hand in Tales from the Hood. He might have. Rusty Cundif was the brains behind that, I believe. He's a super talent. Uh, Fair of the Black Hat's also a great film that that dude did. Tales from the Hood 2 is not that great, but they were doing a third one. Or they already did a, they did a third one I heard was uh, looked like it was going to be better. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, like I said, I, I just think, you know, I'm... Horror is definitely one of those things that I I think doesn't get the uh, uh, you know respect that it deserves. Or of course, comedy either though. The only time I think comedy's really seen an Academy Award nomination was for uh, um, what was that? The all female cast Bachelorette movie. It was the first time we seen. Uh, McCarthy, Melissa McCarthy, when she popped off. Oh yeah, yeah. The uh, the um, uh, bridesmaids. Bridesmaids. That was nominated for like best screenplay or something like was that. It? I remember that being. It was yeah. And um, I and, remember. And, I mean, that. I mean, I mean, there was Get Out. That was Get Out. Yeah, Get Out. Torp. That yeah, that had some politics behind it too. But Get Out's a great film. And. Yeah. Um, I think that the politics help it get nominated because I don't typically that's not really a film that would get nominated. I felt, but I I was glad to see it get nominated for sure. I like it. I'm the same here. And, and like I said, yes, I mean, there are those that still get nominated and all that, but it's very rare. I mean, personally, I'm a huge fantasy fan. I would Uh, love to see like more fantasy films be nominated, but they're only nominated for either special effects or like musical scores, really. I mean, you really, I mean, you really like see the them really take fantasy, like a, like a Hobbit or something. Yeah, I mean, those things have been uh, were put out because they were big, you know, milestones, the big blockbusters of the time. But I mean, a lot of other smaller fantasy films, I think, deserve respect that you know don't uh, don't get you know nominated either. I mean. But then again, I mean, we'll see. I mean, obviously that uh, things are changing with the Academy Awards. And, of course, after hopefully all of this is done, filming will become more, you know, stable and more things will be coming out. I mean, of course, it was kind of a slow year last year. 
because of everything going on. Yeah. Yeah. And I love Jordan Peele. Don't, don't, don't get me wrong on Get Out. You know what I mean? Oh, no, no. I mean, I, film, I just don't think it's a, 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 you know, movies that have been picked and not picked in the past. It's just, it's typically not, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's one of those deals and I, I'm happy that it was, you know, if you could, if you, you know, I don't know. I don't know where you'd want to throw the blame on that one, you know, on, on the Academy. Get deep on them. Get deep on them. I, you know, I, I have to blow the Academy back at them for not for, for for not being so open to it for so long that when they finally are open to it, they have to be blatantly open about it. That's the tragedy of that. Is like, you know what I mean? They held off so long that when they did it, it wasn't even like, okay, you know, they're doing it because they want to do it. It's they're doing it because they kind of have to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, it's... I mean, the thing is that is, I mean, again, going back to Hereditary, when you have a film like that that, you know, gets snubbed, I mean, there's there's a lot of other films. I mean, like uh, Stanley Kubrick's The Shining, that that didn't get any love. I mean, Stanley Kubrick... Kubrick never, yeah, no. Kubrick never got an, only got an Academy Award. Never got any respect either. Same thing with Hitchcock. I mean... I mean, that's the thing that, that blows my mind is when you have, uh, like, iconic directors like that that don't get any any respect for what uh, what they do. Yeah, uh, 2001, a Space Odyssey special effects is the only thing I think Kubrick won an Academy Award for. And right before he died, he got a Lifetime Achievement Award. But that was it. See, see, as soon as he got the Lifetime Achievement Award, he then passed away. If this was Behold a Pill podcast, we'd be talking about the speculation of him being killed over uh, Eyes Wide Shut. Mm, I heart attack pill. That. Taking that heart attack pill. Yeah, I, I, I believe that more than him faking the moon landing. I feel the Academy, if anybody was to be called racist, the Academy would be racist, I feel. Because I think that they're, they're, they're the way they think. Like I said, I think that the only reason why they've got these new, all these new things, it's not because they want to be cool to, to, to be, you know what I mean, to be open. I think it's just they, they feel they need to be, so they're doing it. They're coming from the wrong place with it, I feel. Yeah. But it's so in your face, like, it's so in your face, like, this is that for this reason. You know what I mean? It is what it is. I, I, I say let the film, let, let all fi- films shouldn't have a face or a color, gender, anything, religion, nothing. Let the film speak for itself. Yeah, I mean, I mean, unfortunately, I, that's, I mean, until we started doing this show, I had not watched a single one of the Oscars or anything like that. Yeah. Because, I mean, the whole thing is, like we said before, it's all political. And those who win very rarely win because of the merit of the film, of the acting and all that. It's all about, you know, who they uh, they like? Oh, we didn't give this guy uh, award last year for something that he kind of deserves, so we'll give it to him this year. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a little more. Of, it felt like a little more of an accomplishment back in the day. Nowadays, it's just the MTV Movie Awards. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's what it but, is. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's. I grew up as a young kid loving all film. You know what I mean? All genres coming up. So I got into it young with the Academy Awards and I liked it. And as a young, young boy, I might have thought about a time when Matt Fish would win an Academy Award. But as you progress, you really see how far away that is. Um, well, there's, a certain, 
This are, no, no, for, I'm not, I'm not being hard on myself. I'm just speaking in general. Any independent filmmaker, very hard. You got, there's a formula. You need to come in with the money and to get to that height, you need to, you got to have a lot of things working for you. You know, like I think the filmmaker from Prom, Promising Young Woman has going for her, which good for her. You know what I mean? But you definitely need more than just talent. Yeah. more than talent and luck to get you to uh get you to that high seat and uh, more power i guess to the people that get there because uh it's not even an easy feat when you have all those things working for you you know so i think in the overall just to this hawk man what do you think is going to take the old golden little statue man which they're going to put i don't know they better put like a uh you know they need a, a statue woman to go with it i feel that's, yeah, the, that's where we're headed. That. <laughs> that's, that's the Academy. The Academy Awards show we're headed to is where the, the the golden there will be multiple sexual organs on the on the the gold statue. To be fair, let's be fair. Yeah, it needs it. We're moving into the future. This is 2021. All right, this ain't fucking this ain't fucking 1821. All right, I demand statue with penis and vagina. Yes. And then, of course, interchangeable if they decide whether uh, the uh, the statue itself decides whether it's a man, woman, or both. I want penis, vagina, and asshole connected, and I want one big zipper that closes it all up for the night when closing time comes. Um, That's all I hope for in this world. So, Alex, with that being said, uh, do you have a pick for what film you think will take uh, the gold? Okay, to who I, I think will take the gold and who yeah. I want to take the gold are two different uh, films. But um, okay, uh, the one I think that's going to take the gold is Minari. Okay, I agree with that. Yeah, and now I mean the one I would like for uh, because I've seen it and also I think it's a really good movie is the Trial of uh, Chicago Seven because it deals with. A lot of issues, it's based on a true story, and it's done well that you can go and watch it again and again. It's not like a movie that, you know, uh, has a, a, a point of philosophical view and it just keeps on beating you over the head over it. Yeah. Um, and I think it was done well that you got the right amount of you know, what's going on, the drama, the, the commentary, but you also got, and, and I, I definitely believe that even in the darkest film, you got to put a little bit of humor in it to, you know, leave the tension. And, and they did that. And I think, you know, you know, Sasha Baron Cohen was great in that. Uh, Frank Lajala, uh, uh, of course I butchered his name, but anyway, uh, who plays the judge plays a great job in 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 the film also. Yeah, and it's everyone does a great job, and I definitely recommend anyone to to watch it. It's a film that I think. I mean, I did not know the story of the Chicago Seven until I watched that film, and uh, I'm glad I did. I think it's a really good film and deserves uh, all the praise that it gets. Yeah. No, I'm with it. Um, like I said, I haven't seen any of these films. Um, I, I agree with you. I think Minority is going to win. Um, and the film that I think, 
I could, I could, you know, my runner-up will be probably Nomadland. That's probably my runner-up for win. Um, they all seem, you know, that Judas and the Black Messiah movie, I actually want to check out. That sounded pretty cool. I don't know if it'll win, but I thought that was cool. Um, Sound of Metal, I don't think it'll win, but like I said, that, that Riz dude, I think, is someone to look out for in the future. I think he's on the come-up. Um, Chicago 7, I do want to check out. Um, strictly for Sasha Baron Cohen's performance. He looks like he does an insane job in it. Promising Young Woman, you know, I can't really relate to it. Not saying it's a bad movie, but I can't really relate to it, so I'm not really looking forward to seeing it. The spin on it is kind of, I don't know. I don't see sound like the best idea to me personally to watch, and I'm sure there's other people that probably relate. But, I mean, and on the flip side, there's people that will love that movie. So who am I to say? But in uh, Mank, Mank seems real fun, and I want to see Mank. Out of all the films, you know, Mank is one of the films I, I really want to see check out. Uh, I don't think it'll win. I think Minority will win, and rightfully so, maybe at this time, you know. Um, you know, the Asian culture is a culture of folks that kind of get, get shitted on for a long time, and they just kind of take it and smile, and they're really great people, and, uh, you know. They, 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 I think this year might be the year that they get recognized for being great culture because let's face it, nowadays the Academy Awards is pretty much which culture of people do we want to give an award to for being A-OK good people um, in our book. So I think that, that the Asian culture will catch that award this year. And uh, I'm all for it, you know. And I do look forward to seeing this flick. A24 put it out. You know, you know I love A24. Um you know, they some of the probably some of the better films coming out of all genres are A twenty four, artistic. You know, like the artistic horror films that we love so much. This isn't does is you know not a horror film. I mean, it's probably got some horror to it with the the way they're treated. But outside of that, I feel like it's probably just a straight up dramatic film. You know, Korean family uh, starts a farm in nineteen eighties Arkansas. You know, that must have been tough for them. That's my take on it. Uh, I love how that that I could see that pitch at the meeting too, where they're like, "We need a movie that's going to make it win us an Academy Award." And the guy goes, "A Korean family starts a fam in 1980s Arkansas," and they said, "How much money do I need to write this check for?" But I think with that being said, I think uh, I think the minority or minority minority, as it is uh, said. Uh, um, I think that's going to take the gold, rightfully so. My follow-up would be Nomadland. I think um, Frances McDormand, best actress. Um, The Sound of Metal, that Riz dude, maybe best actor. It's possible. Um, That's where I'm going with. Those are my picks. Do you want to fill in any of those picks for you? you, Do you have a a runner-up best film or maybe a, a best actor, best actress? Um, not really. I mean, I mean, the thing is that, I mean, like I said, without seeing a lot of these, I can't really say, um, and, uh, other than like what I said before about Sasha Baron Cohen being up for best supporting actor. Yeah, I get you think he deserves, deserves it. And I think he deserves a lot of, a lot of, uh, credit. I give him for best supporting too. So I say best supporting actor, him. Um, best actress, Frances McDormand. Uh, well, just to let you know, just to let you know, Frances McDormand actually is not off of best actress. I don't really? 
I don't think she is, but Wild. I'm going to double check. Give me a second, double check. I think Wild and crazy biz right there. I, I I'm wrong. I'm wrong. She is. Yeah, I, I was going to say. My bad. My bad. Sorry, Francis. That's hardcore bad. Wrong, wrong. <laughs> you, will ne- you will never find yourself in a Coen Brothers film now. Uh, well, I don't think they were going to call me up either way. You would be beautiful in a Coen Brothers. You would actually be great in a Coen Brothers movie. So maybe they yeah. should have that call. But, uh, yeah, well, if that happens, I have many years before that. So uh, best director, I guess maybe Fincher, because I don't think they've ever given Fincher a director. No, uh, director best director. He's been nominated before. I don't think he ever... I think it's Social Network won best film. I don't think he got best director for that. Um, either him or I would like... Or maybe even the Lee Isaac Chung from Minari. Uh, minority there. And that is that definitely stands for... If that doesn't stand for Minority, that's Alex... Alex Hawk made that mistake and I'm just going with him. If, oh, if Minari means something else, then I don't know I blame Alex Hawk. Minari means. I mean, Hawk got our show canceled out. <laughs> All right, we we're not we can't be canceled. We start with expiration date like milk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I think uh, I think that's our vibe. I think we got our picks for for. Uh, Picks for the big Academy Awards. Uh, we we went pretty lengthy with this, so we could wrap this up as an episode. I, I dig that. And uh, you want to say anything in closing about the Academy Awards over there? No, not really. I mean, uh, as I as I think that we both talked about uh, in the Academy Awards, uh, there's there's a lot of genres, a lot of um, actors that we think that deserve to be, you know, more recognized than they are, and uh, and I definitely think that. Uh, I mean, I wish I, I I could say that you know they'd uh, get to a point where it's just solely based on the quality of the film, the story, and and the acting, but unfortunately, that'll never be the case. It's all political. It's all about, you know, what they're trying to say that year or who they're promoting and all that, which, I mean, is a uh, legit a, uh, way to go part. about it. But, I mean, that's one of the reasons why, you know, I've, I haven't really followed the Oscars for, like, ever until, you know, recently until doing this show. Because, you know, it's like, and art is a, 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 a thing that you many different people can look at the same art and come back with different feelings, different opinions, and different ways of viewing the art itself. And as long as art keeps on being made, whether it's film, whether it's painting, whether it's writing, um, art should always be kept alive. And I think art gives us a way to look into ourselves as people and ourselves as a society. And that's where I end right there. Yeah, it's their party. They can do whatever they want to do it. They can cry if they want to. You know, they they, they make the certain type of film made for that. It's not the world that we're in. So I, even though when I get, I know the real reality. I'm not really upset about these things. It's entertainment. You know what I mean? It's, it's entertainment, guys. It's really entertainment. But you know, 
it's fun to like I said, I always liked film of all types, so I came up liking it and enjoying it, so I, I still watch it. A lot of our peers that we, we, we talk about film with don't get into it. You know, a lot of the indie world folks don't really get into it because I think it's just a it's a big mockery, you know what I mean? Which I see it as the mockery, but for some reason, I mean, this year I'm not going to watch it. But leading up to it, for the last, you know, the, la- the last, like, I probably watched up until last year, the year before. Um, and I always kind of found some type of enjoyment and kind of, you know, rooting for a certain film or whatever. But, yeah, just getting to a place where I'm not even really caring to root for the films anymore. I mean, realistically, like, tonight, I'm just, I can give an idea. It's, it's all kind of agendas and, you know, things being pushed. And it is what it is. It's unfortunate that that's become more of the importance of what, you know, the the push of it is than the message. And there is two different things. Uh, the agenda and the message of the film uh, are, two di- are two different things. So they, they, they don't, sometimes they don't identify it as being two different things but you can have a message without pushing pushing an agenda you know what i mean some of the films that we grew up loving a lot of them they had nice messages in there that didn't have to push a my way of the highway type deal um a little bit of something for everybody isn't that the way it should be isn't art shouldn't art be a little bit for everybody and i guess you know you can say that it is because you can take it in and just not like it you can take it in and Say, well, I don't like this art. And that's the thing with the art. You can, the dude right next to you, a dude that right next to you can love it and you can hate it or vice versa. It doesn't mean they're right or you're wrong or, you know, it just means it's how you take it. So at the end of the day, everything, uh, you know, is art. Even these big multi-million dollar weirdo movies that, you know, win Academy Awards art too. You know, dare you tell them they're not artistes. They will uh, frown upon you. They will frown upon you um, in the future. We'll see where the Academy Awards go in the future. Um, but it's fun. I feel like they're going to get opened up. I think that they will probably open themselves up to independent film one of these days, and they'll do a best independent film category. But the unfortunate thing is that independent film, well, you'll have to have like a $20 million budget on that independent film yeah. and play the game, and it is what it is. There's the, you know, there's the, there's... There's multiple, multiple levels to this independent thing. You know what I mean? This, this, this underground thing. We go deep down. We, we, we speak. Uh, I should know. We're so underground. We should actually know what Minari means. You know what I mean? That's how underground we are. So, with that being said, we'll catch y'all on the next episode of Day Boom Cast. Bye. Hi. Thank you very much.